Welcome to Sprinkle with Hope podcast with your host, Jason. And Shane and I always get to talk to some pretty amazing people. And, and this is no exception. Zach Rutledge is going to talk to us today about depression and anxiety and just kind of some ways and, and different things to do to kind of overcome that. I hope that you listen in. I, I think he gives some really, really good advice. And he gives a really cool analogy I hadn't heard before. So so listen into this and see if you can pay attention and pick out that analogy. We really do feel like we talk to some amazing guests who always have some great insight. Zach also gives you uh, an offer. Hopefully you take it up, if not for you, for someone else. Um, he, he'll give you an offer if you reach out to him. Please listen into the whole thing at the end. I think he just gives some fantastic advice for everyone. Uh, we truly appreciate every single one of you and really could not do this without you. We're so grateful for everyone all across the world. We see you. We love you. And here's Zach. Welcome to the Sprinkled with Hope podcast. Welcome back to Sprinkle with Hope podcast with your host, Jason. Today, we have an awesome guest with us, Zach Rutledge. Zach Rutledge is an ACE certified personal trainer, an ACE certified fitness nutrition specialist, and a certified brain health trainer through the Functional Aging Institute. He has a black belt in karate and has practiced yoga for almost a decade and just recently got his Yoda certification, which is really cool. He holds uh, an MA for American University in Washington, D.C., and had recently been accepted to a second grad school to become a licensed therapist, which is really cool. So we're going to talk about a lot of these cool things today, um, but let's just kind of start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself other than that little bio that I just the, that I just talked about, Zach. Yeah, sure. So uh, like we just said beforehand, I live in New Jersey, right? So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Um, good and bad, right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not like what you see on TV. I swear to you guys, that's like about a, like a half mile strip on the shore. The rest of it's actually pretty nice. So, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm from New Jersey and, um, you know, and I guess the reason really why I reached out to you guys and the reason I'm here, we started this conversation, why I fit into your podcast is because I recently wrote a book called the depression relief playbook. So, you know, I'm not going to, push that too hard but what I'll what I will say is you know um you know one of the big reasons I've done a lot of these things lately is helping people get over depression and that's one of the reasons I'm going to school uh to become a therapist and um kind of change career paths um so yeah I, I did struggle pretty hard with depression throughout my uh it really hit me pretty hard in my late teens early 20s and I spent about a decade building blocks up so I the way I kind of describe it is uh, one brick at a time, right? So people who are going through difficult times, it's um, of course difficult for them to turn on the dime, right? Th okay. That's why it's a difficult yeah. time. So you know, my whole approach and my whole my whole uh, journey, if you will, is you know that one brick, finding things out, finding out what worked for me, what didn't, and eventually you know condensing that all into into you know conversations and a book and and these. Um, uh, actually seminars now where I can help people get over these things a little quicker. 
Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, really good information. So you write this book about your experiences or how you've overcome depression and how to help people. Yeah. I don't get like too much into my personal journey. I'll, I'll drop okay. little things here and there, but only as far as it can relate to someone else's journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this wasn't coming from a cent, a, cell, a a place of like egomania. Like I would have when mm-hmm. I was 20. Right. right. So, like, <laughs> I'm a little older now. So, uh, so I, it's mostly like my big thing is actionable things you can do. Uh, I don't like to generalize here, but typically ish, pardon if I'm offending anybody as men, we like to do things that you can do things that you can see and like, kind of like processing points and like goals and things like that, as opposed to just kind of feeling your way through it. So my whole thing is giving people things they can do things that they can cross off of the checklist that's going to help them get to a better place. That's awesome. Do you have any, uh, do you have any of those action items, maybe one or two of them that you could share with us about how to, you know, kind of deal with these things or is it kind of on a case by case sort of thing? No, actually (laughs) that's what the book is about, right? These are things that, that anybody can do. So I got, awesome. a, I got a bunch of these, right? So like, actually one of the nicest things somebody said to me was like, hey, this is a really good book for like anybody. I was like, yeah, thanks so much. Like, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome, I'll take it. But um, yeah, like, so I'll give you a quick story and pardon me, I'm a, I'm a talker and like I, uh, I, I tend to talk in stories. So back when I was um, 18, that's like when I hit my perfect storm, okay? So to, to make this just relatable for some other people, there were some, you know, chemical things that I can recognize now, some chemical things that were going on back in my teens. But it was really when I turned 18, that's when I hit what I call the perfect storm. Okay, so it was the summer after high school, my best friend was killed, my karate school had shut down. So I lost like that social structure there, which I had been in since I was 10 mm-hmm. years old. Um, all my friends were going away to college. So that's another huge social structure there, right? Mm -hmm. And there tends to be this um, uh, pattern where quirks, let's say, tend to manifest late teens, early 20s. So that was when chemically, I feel like the depression really hit me as well. So all these things clobbered me all really in August of this one year. Um, So that was a real deep hole I had to climb myself out of. And that was really the catalyst of everything, right? So getting back to your question about actionable things. Um, I, it, it was a real hard time getting myself to go to college. So I dropped out. Uh, it was hard finding motivation to do anything and I couldn't concentrate. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something where I can concentrate for a half hour. So what's a half hour. And I made the worst possible decision ever. I decided to start watching the news. So I was like, well, smart people watch the news and poor people watch the news. I'll watch the news for a half hour. That's a half hour block. Right. And I quickly realized I don't need to know about every murder in the tri-state area. Right. It wasn't helping me get anywhere. So back to the drawing board. And it was honestly, it was kind of by chance. I was, I was, I still play in bands, but I was playing in bands at the time. And I joined this band where the guys were really into working out. And this was really, you know, a year and a half, two years later, uh, these guys were real into working out and they said, you know, you should join us. So I should put things into perspective here. Um, I'm five, nine and 170 pounds and I'm, and I'm a personal trainer. So I work out six days a week just to say that I'm not carrying around extra weight. I'm, ca- I'm not carrying around extra weight. I don't need. So it's kind of unremarkable height and weight, but at the time 
I was five, nine, 124 pounds. So it's wow. almost 50 wow. pounds lighter. And that was, you know, a direct result of my depression, which I wasn't even mm. thinking about uh, because you see so much in mainstream media, you know, be thin, be thin, be thin. That's the right. main message is like, you know, don't overeat, you know, don't eat these foods. But because of my lifestyle, I was out snowboarding, skateboarding, whatever. I was, I had an active lifestyle. I was following the wrong thing, but it, that, but following that mainstream advice was only contributing to me feeling crappy <laughs> to, to put it blunt, right. you know, like, right. I was getting sick all the time. And if I had gotten seriously sick, there was nowhere for me to go. So, um, what they had said was, you know, want to start working out with us. And I working out was just kind of like a byproduct of all the things that I was into, like, like karate, things like that. So I started lifting weights and that was my first block. Not mm. necessarily the lifting weights. For me, it was lifting weights. For anyone else, it could be anything. But for me, it was, you know, seeing myself go from 124 to 135 to right. 145 and seeing my body change and like learning how to eat the right foods and like having a physical goal of, and it wasn't even like a goal. It was the process of it and seeing myself uh, transform. And I was like, whoa, I have like some control here in my life. I'm not, I'm not destined to be like skin and bones and sick all the time. I was getting mm -hmm. sick less too. Uh, so seeing that progress and having fun and learning new things like that was a, that was a big turning point. And from there, that's where I took, you know, okay, that was one thing I could do. It made X percent difference in my life. It wasn't everything, but it was something Yeah. So from there. It was learning how to stack the next brick, the next brick, the next brick to eventually get to where I needed to be. That's really cool. I, you know, I was just thinking about you're, you're busy. You have all this stuff going on and you're working towards becoming that therapist. Uh, hopefully that happens for you soon. But the thing I was thinking about was I love stories like this, where you personally go through something that's tough, like depression. And when you come out of it, you feel like you have to reach out to so many more people and become a therapist and help others through it. So, um, yeah, I just, I hope you, I hope that happens for you very soon and that, um, you can help people in that regard. Thank you. It's a two and a half year program. So I'll get back to you in two and a half years. <laughs> so just started it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you wrote this book, um, and you're doing all this other stuff. What, why do you do this though, Zach? I, I, I always love to ask why people do certain things. So why are you, why do, have you decided to take these paths in your life? That's actually a good question. It's something I, I never even think about. Like, why the heck am I putting myself through this torture of doing all these other <laughs> things? Right. Um, you know, I don't expect you to answer, but like, why are you doing this podcast? Right. You know, yeah. it, and it's the same reason I reached out to you guys, right. There's something in us that feels like you can't really put it into words, but it's like, a, just like that fighting the good fight. You know, we've learned something. We want to spread it. Um, and it's not for the sake of like, um, what do you get on Instagram? Do you get likes or what do you get on? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you yeah. Get there. It's not, it's <laughs> not the sake of like, you know, the little points you get from people liking your stuff or, you know, it's not for that or YouTube views or any of that kind of stuff. Right. It's something that you can kind of sink your teeth into. It's something of value that you just, uh, to sound corny, it's kind of like a calling. Um, yeah. just getting it out there. And that kind of started with uh, personal training, to be honest, because what I was doing was, you know, so I learned to lift weights and I was kind of getting somewhere with that. And I was like, kind of feeling like crap about myself, right? Because I was 
behind everybody, it felt like. And I, I graduated college at 26, which is not old. But at the time, I was like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, four <laughs> years behind my friends. Like, this is insane. I'm a loser, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I honestly felt that way. So I was like, okay, so if I graduate college, then I'll feel good, right? I was like, oh, but I can get some honors doing this. So maybe then, like, I'll feel good, right? Then I'll feel equal to everyone else. So I did that, and I got some honors. I still didn't feel great about myself. So I was like, okay, so, like, let me become a personal trainer. And then I'll have like that extra feather in my cap. Then I'll feel like something, right? I did that. No, wasn't there. Still felt like a loser, right? And set my son on these external goals. And I was like, wait a minute here. At some point, through working with clients, through training people, and I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was listening to myself give advice or if it was just building these relationships. There was some kind of something cultivating where I realized, hold on a minute here, I got to turn this arrow inward. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't be like out there trying to impress people because well, number one, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> and number two, I kind of don't care either. Yeah. You know, I got to turn this arrow inward. And it wasn't until I started working inward where I started feeling that major growth. Right. Yeah. Um, and once that flame started burning hot, that was where I started feeling like, okay, I got something I can really share here that where I can really start transforming lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, and I, I agree with you. I, I think that Shane and I's mission, right. Is, is that similar thing where, yeah, it is kind of that calling, so to speak. And, and we felt impelled to start this whole thing. And, yeah. and, you know, I think you felt a very similar thing and just, and, and I, 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 you know, I don't know about you, but when I help someone, I, there's some satisfaction, right. That goes into, you know, you've helped somebody out of a dark place or, or you've helped them and maybe they weren't in a dark place, but you help them get better, become mm -hmm. better, become a better version of themselves. So, so what else are you working on right now, Zach? Um, I'm just curious to hear, you know, is there anything else that you've got going on in your life that you're working on? This is going to sound funny. I'm working on saying no, which is real yeah. hard for me. It's real, real hard for me. Um, I, I, my day job was in video production. So I was working in TV okay. and I still had that, you know, that part of me that was like, okay, I got to get two shows on the air, which I did. And I remember watching my first TV show that I created debut on TV, right? Big deal. And I felt nothing. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is not it. Right. And this was like, not that, that long ago. Um, uh, but I, I still have that drive, right? So I'm shooting a full length film right now. <laughs> so Yeah. I wrote a script and I'm shooting this film. I'm just starting shooting. Um, and that's kind of like a big fear because this is like a huge commitment. Yeah. Sacrifice. Um, you know, and, I, and I, there's that little bit of fear of like, uh, I don't want to feel that same way again. So I'm, I'm working on, you know, I, I, I kind of have a lot of people reaching out to me saying like, can you do this? Can you do this? And while it seems appealing, right? People are like, can you play bass for me, you know, on this tour? Just for an example, right? Seems like, well, we're not touring that much right now, but you know, they were right before uh, quarantine hit. Yeah. Um, you know, it seemed appealing to me. Like that could be cool, but do I really need another thing? Like another right. wick stuck in my candle? Like I'm already burning too much. Right. Um, so, you know, working on saying no, which, which, which sounds weird because a lot of us are, you know, sure. you want to be busy. You want to feel like you're doing good things, but there is that, that, uh, sub subculture of us, that subsection of us who have a real tough time 
putting the brakes on and, and just kind of reflecting and, and sifting what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's true. It is hard sometimes for anyone to say no. So yeah. And you're very busy. So, <laughs> so where, how do people find this book that you've written? Where can they find that? Yeah. So you just Google it and it's uh, on, well, I guess you wouldn't Google it. You would Amazon search it, right? Cause it's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's called the official depression relief playbook. Okay. Um, it's like my goal for the book, you know, I joke that I wrote it for the worst possible sales because people with depression don't typically reach out for, for help on themselves. Right. You know? So I wrote it kind of like, um, I would like it to be given as a gift. That's really kind of mm, why I, wrote gotcha. it. I wanted it to be the kind of thing. Look, if I'm being totally transparent, I wrote it for the 20 year old me, you know, yeah. I wanted yeah. it, I want it to be the book that lays on somebody's head nightstand. That was called nightstand, you know, like the little table next to the bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I has a master degree. Um, but anyway, I understand I this. <laughs> so I want it to be that thing that's laying by their, their bed. So when they're in their darkest point, when they're going to bed, their darkest point, they have that thing next to them. And that's like, hey, like this is this is some hope. This is something I can really see sink my teeth into. And it's not. 350 pages right this isn't yeah that, that's the last thing i felt like doing was pouring over a book for hours and hours trying to get my head around a few ideas this yeah. is I, I made this thing slim and it's like you know just dense and and uh packed with actionable things you can do so i want this to be the book that lays there that um that's going to give people hope and that's going to get people yeah. moving in their right direction yeah that's awesome. and not just and not just feeling better like there's there's a big um push on like you know feel better, feel better. And there's a, there's absolutely a, a thing to that, but I want you feeling better and moving in the direction you're meant to move. You know, absolutely. Tapping into, and I can't explain what that, is, what, what that is for everyone in the book because it's individual to them, but sure. maybe inspire them to get themselves sorted internally so they can do the podcast, so they can write their own book, so they can do whatever it is they're meant to do. Yeah. I love yeah, that. I love that. I want to, I want to ask you what, what is the, you know, you said you, or, you know, in your bio, I was looking at it and, and, and it's a certified brain health trainer. What, what is that? And what, what does that do? And what kind of things do you incorporate with that? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. So I got that, uh, just as, um, quarantine was starting. Okay. So I've only done, uh, a couple seminars on it and, um, it's not really one of those things that you can do through, through uh, like Zoom or something, right? You have to be with people. Yeah. So the brain health training is, this idea is we had these old ideas that once you made all your neural connections, that was it. You were done as an adult. And then it was only declined from there. Not true. Okay. So, and we know that through things like spec scans from like Dr. Daniel Amen, who you may see on like, he does those specials on PBS. That's like major yeah. specials. He wrote change your brain, change your life, which is probably his most famous book. He's got a bunch of others, but there's also, you know, the Pacific brain health center who has a, who has a hand in running this, um, this whole, uh, brain coaching thing, which is run through the functional aging Institute. Okay. So anyway, what, what they do is they break down the science of, um, essentially how to build what they call cognitive reserve. So you're actually making your brain more dense than it needs to be, which sounds weird to say more dense, but <laughs> like, 
like the neural connections, right? They call it neurogenesis and also angiogenesis. So it's actually creating new blood vessels in your brain, right? And we can do that through a few different, well, a lot of different exercises. Um, and <clears throat> I could go on and on about this forever, but uh, have you guys ever heard of pickleball? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right on. So I just moved across the street from a pickleball course. So I'm super stoked <laughs> nice. on that. Actually, really good for brain health because what you're doing is you're combining, you know, something cognitively taxing, which is this ball. You're judging the spin on it. You're judging, you know, uh, the bounce. You're judging the speed, but you're also getting some kind of cardiovascular uh, right. element in there. So that's actually really good for brain. And so for brain health and and um, what this program does, what, what essentially what you're working towards is you're taking something cognitively taxing or cardiovascularly taxing um, and then combining the other element. So one thing that we'll do is let's say I'll have somebody stand there and let's say they're not very coordinated. I'll toss a ball to them and I'll say, as the ball's on the way to them, I'll say left or right. They catch the ball, they use their left or their right hand, okay? Fine, maybe easy for some of us, maybe not. And the thing is, it doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. It's the point that we wanna find that perfect amount of difficulty. Okay, because where we find that perfect amount of challenge, where we're not getting frustrated, because if we're frustrated, we actually don't hold on to those new neurons. It's mm. fascinating. And I could go on about this forever. And I, oh, I love this stuff. So like, so, okay, so let's say they do that pretty well. Great. Now we're going to add a rumble to it, which is kind of like a jog in place. So we're going to get their heart rate up. And we're going to do the same thing. Now what we're going to do is we're gonna do the same thing, they're rumbling, and we're gonna have them say the alphabet backwards, or we're gonna have them say multiples of seven. Mm. Okay, so this is gonna be challenging for anybody, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. Once we get up to this, now we're cooking, right? But it, like I said, it can't be frustrating, we have to, but we have to kind of find that perfect, that perfect sweet spot, we call it, of, uh, of challenge, where it's still kind of fun, you're still messing up, and you're not getting frustrated. Uh, there's a bunch of different things like that. But if I, if I could give one thing right now to like the, the average person who hasn't been training like this, um, start juggling. Juggling mm. is actually really good for your brain. Of course, there's things that we know that are good for your brain, like reading, things like that. But juggling, not too far from pickleball, right? Or tennis. Really yeah. good for your brain because you're, you're sorting things out there, right? You're trying to figure out the spin on the ball and how high to throw and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and don't get frustrated because the challenge is part of the growth. So like at this point, I'm pretty good at juggling. And I'm not getting, you know, the same amount of benefits as somebody who's struggling learning how to juggle. So I've got to step up the game, right? So mm -hmm. embrace that challenge and the mess ups and have fun with it and laugh it off when you drop the ball, you know, five times in a row, because, you know, let yourself have the fun. There's yeah. actually, and I'll shut up about this. I know I'm a talker. No, you're good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a group fitness instructor. So I like, I talk. Um, <laughs> So there's, uh, there's actually um, the Pacific Brain Health Center, which I talked about. There's a place in California where they have a gym. Their entire center is a gym that they're doing workouts and, and things like this, but it's all geared towards brain health. All the physical stuff is secondary. It's, it's all built towards building this cognitive hmm. reserve. That's so the cool. idea is, you know, I brought up this cognitive reserve. We want to build up this density because as we, <clears throat> excuse me, as we age and let's say we lose something, some kind of uh, density or whatever, in our, in our brain, um, it's not going to matter because we have so much density built up and we have so much blood flow, you know, making a big dip. So, okay. We're not even going to feel it. So that's really the goal here is you want to start working young, like in your fifties, sixties. Yeah. That's yeah. That really is fascinating. 
I was thinking Zach's going to start juggling knives and chainsaws and <laughs> fire just to step up the game, right? <laughs> Don't give me ideas, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do this at home. <laughs> I have to practice saying no. I have to practice saying no. Right. Exactly. It was a oh, test. I love it. <laughs> this has really been fascinating discussion. Um, I think we would all agree that everything that we've been talking about comes down to action, that we learn things, but then we take action. Jason and I talk about that all the time, that really those of us who get ahead are the ones who are taking action and, and don't stop. Mm. So really been a fascinating discussion with you, Zach. And I want to add something, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. yeah. When you're in that, that deep, deep, dark state, you're not going to feel like doing anything. And I spent right. way too much time in bed. The idea is take that one step, go for that one, you know, the walk around the block, get that yeah. one step going. That's going to be your biggest challenge. Amen. Once you get that momentum going, you know, it's a little easier to go a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's even if you don't feel like it. That's all. That's great advice. I, amen. I'm with you. <laughs> So right, right near the end of the, the conversation, Shane and I like to do what we call the double down dose. And so oh, it's Lord. two questions. <laughs> You're good. Zach's starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's two questions. I'll ask one and then, and then Shane will have a, a follow-up question to that. But the first question is, and obviously we talk a lot about hope. So what is your definition of hope or how would you define that? Um, uh, okay. Well, I warned you guys, I'm a talker, so I'm going to give you a story here. Okay. So do you guys ever hear the story of the two wolves? The old Cherokee story? I'm not sure that I've heard that one. Okay. So the story of two wolves is, I'm going to give you the shortened version is there's a grandfather and a grandson. Okay. The grandfather's walking along with the grandson. He says, you know, there's these two wolves that live inside of all of us. One is called the fear wolf, okay? And it's greed, depression, shame, anxiety, uh, fear, of course. And the other one is the courage wolf. And that's uh, love, um, courage, of course, uh, positivity, um, uh, generosity, compassion, things like that. So the grandson goes, well, if, if they're always fighting, which is the one that wins. Mm. And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So mm. hope to me is feeding that courage wolf. Okay. And I know hope we tend to uh, be geared towards the future, but I feel like in order to really energize it, it has to live in the moment. So we have to practice feeding that fear. Uh, I'm sorry, feeding that courage wolf, right. And starving the fear wolf. So hope to me is we have that outlook because of what we're doing right now. We're nipping those negative thoughts in the, in the bud, right. Uh, the, the negative thoughts We're the idea is we're geared towards that as humans, because it was more advantageous as a caveman to watch out for the saber tooth tiger than it was to go get the food because the food can wait. The tiger can't. So we're geared towards negativity. Although our lifestyles now, how we've, we've surpassed that. So we have to practice feeding that fear wolf. Once you, I'm sorry, feeding that courage wolf, starving the fear wolf. Yeah, you got me. So, uh, <laughs> so once we feed that courage wolf, um, 
that's where that kind of the way I envision is that hope like door opens. So mm-hmm. it's just that, that practice of getting into right now, feeding the courage wolf. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I love that analogy. Um, so we, we also came up with an acronym about hope, H-O-P-E, and it stands for heart, overcome, passion, and enough. And we've talked about some of the things that you've gone through. So when you hear the word overcome, what, what comes to mind? You know, that's a great question because when I was first really struggling and even a few years later, overcome, I thought was like banging your head against a brick wall and doing whatever it took to get to a goal, right? Doing mm-hmm. anything it took, no matter how miserable it made me, right? But, it, but again, there has to be some kind of sinking into the moment. And this is what yoga has, has brought to my life pulling yourself into right now and building these and in, um, you know, taking these little micro steps, but celebrating those small victories. So in a way, you know, yes, it's going to take work to do things, you know, to get to a specific goal, but you have to enjoy the process. There has to be some kind of celebration along the way and really breaking things down for me at least has, um, and celebrating, you know, even getting out of bed and flossing, right? Because there were days where it was really hard for me to do the basic, take a shower, you know, brush your teeth, that yeah. kind of stuff. But celebrating those little victories, uh, that was a huge, a huge lesson for me. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I, I really have enjoyed this discussion. I think you have given some amazing insight into things that you've learned and now that you're helping the world. So best wishes to you. And, um, we look forward to great things from you. No, thanks. Shane, Jason, like, like it's an honor being here. I love what you do. Um, you know, just keep fighting the good fight. I, I, I really meant what I said, you know, you guys are are doing the right things. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. This has been a wonderful discussion and barely even the tip of the iceberg of of (laughs) what we could have talked about. Um, I'm sure we, I know I could have talked for hours about the brain and how it functions and stuff. Cause I love that kind of stuff, hmm. but I, I think you've given people some really good actionable things to think about um, hmm. and things that they need to, to think when they, you know, when they get into these States, cause it, it can feel, you know, deflating and that there's no hope. Right. And you, yeah. all hope is lost, but you, I like that analogy about the wolves and which one are we feeding? And so I think we need to really think about that. You know, that brought up something, if you don't mind, I just want yeah, to say please. one thing about, yeah. about depression. And I, and I do write about it in the book about how there's like different flavors of depression, uh-huh. right? And I've been through a lot of them as it, as it kind of progressed. I, I am adamant on getting this across. A lot of the time people feel that their depression is special. They feel like it's just, it's just them. In a way, yes, it's just yours. However, the one unifying thing is we can all overcome it. That's mm. the one unifying thing. I don't want people thinking like, oh, my depression is special. It's not like yours, so there's no hope for me. No, that's the, our unifying factor. We can all get over this, but it takes the work. Celebrate the small victories. I love it. Amen. Love yep. Great. That's a great. great way to end this. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks. So, Zach, you know, is there any other way that, that people can get a hold of you if they'd like to get in touch or or – Actually, you know what? Uh, if anybody just wants like a, a free chapter from the book, if they just want to email me, 
and I'll, I'll spell it. It's Zach S. Rutledge at gmail.com. So it's, I spell it Z-A-C-K-S-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E at gmail.com. If they just want to shoot me an email, I'll be happy to, to send them a free chapter, see if it, it jives with them. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's, that's great. Cool. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on with us today. We really appreciate your time. No, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you.